is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Moxley's pass, a shot, they score! Shankly Cutter scores! What a stop by Hellebach! Nikolai Ehlers on the faceoff! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Shout out to our producer, Daniel Moss, for that fantastic intro that he produced for this very podcast. He, I know he takes great pride in that, so uh, congratulations to him and uh, a job well done. This is Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. I am your host, Tyler Esquivel, alongside Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton and 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas. Guys, uh... I don't know about you, but this is the end of a long, <laughs> arduous journey. Uh, as Mitch likes to say, we find our heroes. <laughs> yes, we find our heroes. in off all fours. Yes. Uh, as clearly I'm referencing the fact that the Winnipeg Jets, I believe, played eight straight games in different time zones. And I will make the point, you know, when the clocks fell back, uh, and then when they spring forward and all that, there's a lot of complaining that goes on uh, about that narrative. But then when the Winnipeg Jets have to travel and they say, oh, it's tough to come back from a time zone, and then people just go, oh, well, you're a professional athlete. You should, you should know how to be better. <laughs> you know? uh, the answer is no. It, it is taxing on the body. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, the Winnipeg Jets uh, had a bit of an issue uh, the last uh, number of days, but they fixed it on Saturday in Calgary with a 4-2 win. Uh, the issues that I'm talking about uh, was a bit of a, a bit of a slide since you last heard from us on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets fell 3-1 to Pittsburgh here at Canada Life Centre and then went out on the road, fell 3-0 to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then uh, they played a game that uh, clearly didn't go their way on Friday afternoon in Minnesota, and then uh, got things on the right track uh, with a 4-2 win over the Flames. Uh, Mitch, just uh, your thoughts on the week that was for the Jets. Uh, We don't have to get into too much uh, gory details because, uh, believe me, there was some gore involved there. But uh, just what did you think of the Winnipeg Jets and the fact that they were able to rebound? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a a gutsy performance. I think I've said that a a number of times about the, the win on Saturday. But it... I mean, in the truest sense of the word, you're you're playing the team leading the Western Conference. They had been sitting there for three days just waiting for you. And the Jets played, I think I think the Jets played twice in the span that the Calgary Flames did not play a single hockey game. Um, and then when they go into Calgary, Calgary jumps on it. Uh, it's 2 nothing, And there just wasn't any quit. And it was impressive to see as they kind of rallied their way. I thought Kyle Connor's goal before the end of the first period in that one was massive. It just kind of gets that, not that the belief wasn't there, but all of a sudden you have this like, okay, here we go. Like we're, we're not, you know, it's not like Kyle Connor rang it off the post and it's just like, oh, there's another one. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought that was helpful. And then Paul Stastny goes to the net, buries a rebound. That's the type of goal that the Winnipeg Jets have been looking for. And then, you know, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor do what they do off the rush. And speaking of doing what they do, I mean, Connor Hellebuck, let's not leave him out of it, making 34 saves. That was absolutely massive. So given how things had gone throughout the week, I mean, the 3-1 loss to Pittsburgh, you know, they played probably two out of three periods that they would have been, I think, pretty okay with. 
uh, third period kind of got away from them a little bit, uh, and that just kind of was a constant theme uh, from the players and Paul Maurice. The game in Columbus was, I think, what, that was the game that kind of personified how things were going. Jets kind of, I think, territorially had the advantage, but just nothing was going in. Pucks were bobbling off of sticks, and when they would bobble off sticks of the Winnipeg Jets, it would go back the other way and in the net, uh, case in point, Columbus's first goal. And then, I don't know, there apparently was a hockey game on <laughs> the Friday in Minnesota. I don't really remember it. But to be able to rally back, win on back-to-back nights um, in in Calgary, I think that was a, a huge boost for the team uh, as they come home for a four-game homestand. Yeah, definitely an odd scenario with the afternoon game and then a back-to-back the next day, but not until 8 p.m. I, I remember sitting in the press box going, is this game ever going to start? <laughs> yes, I think it was it like was 8.15 late. puck drop, too, so that was another, yeah. let's just drag this out even longer until these guys start again. Not to mention the fact Jets fans had to stay up like till practically past midnight to finish that one. <laughs> or yes. win. Yes, uh, definitely worth the wait, absolutely. Uh, okay, so before we get into Jamie's next topic here, uh, Connor Hellebuck, he had some words after that game in Minnesota, so uh, let's throw to that clip now. I think just a little urgency, you know. I mean, and it can't be from one guy. It can't be solo efforts. It's it's a unit. It's every single guy in that locker room, including myself. A little more urgency, and you know, if it takes a one nothing game, that's what we got to do. We, we got to give what the game is demanding of us right now. Does that make tomorrow night, Connor, just because it's the end of the road trip and obviously a good opponent? Is that? Add a little more importance to tomorrow night. Then. Oh, tomorrow's on. Tomorrow, it's it's on. There, there's no more, no more of this. We're gonna give it tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Now that you've heard the clip, uh, Jamie, just what does it mean to have a leader in Connor Hellebuck say something like that, and then go out there and back it up? Just mm-hmm. how important were those words when you heard them, and just how the whole scenario played out? I think we underestimate what goaltenders mean, the whole scheme of things, and the hierarchy of leadership. And I remember Roberto Luongo was given the C in Vancouver, and a lot of people were poo-pooing that idea, and it didn't, didn't really turn out so well for the Vancouver Canucks. But what Connor Hillebeck did the other night, saying what he said in Minnesota and then following it up in Calgary, is leadership. Um, it kind of took away the attention from everybody else, and then you're looking, okay, Connor Hillebuck has said this, how is he going to follow that up? And he delivered, but I like the way he took away the attention away from the team, brought it on himself, and then delivered afterwards. But it, you know, even the fact they fall behind two nothing on a, you know early in Calgary, and you're like, okay, oh, oh my gosh, like how much how much gas do these guys have in the tank? Then he makes a huge save on Blake Coleman in the second period. Uh, he had a whole bunch of other ones that we I'm not going to list off here, but you just of uh, 34 of 36, they were of some pretty good grade A varieties for Connor Hellebuck to make those stops. So for him to say that, take away the attention from the team, then deliver, I think it says everything you need to know about how important he is as a leader in the room. And the guy that plays the most minutes, obviously, is a leader in, in the in the most respect. So um, I admire him for doing that. And I also admire him a whole lot more after he gave the Jets a, a, a Vesna Trophy-type performance in a game that they needed him to do that. Paul Maurice, uh, after the morning skate on Monday, uh, had a really interesting quote about leadership mm-hmm. and that in order to be a leader, you need to have consistency. And I think that just draws right into what you're saying with yeah. Connor Hellebuck. I mean, the man has been a model of consistency here for the past number of years. And when you talk about consistency, it's not necessarily 
on ice production, that helps. Mm-hmm. But it's all the other things off the ice that you know fans don't get to see. It's preparation, it's practice, it's hard work in the gym, it's mental. So I think all the things that you talk about with Connor Hellebuck, he shows consistency in all parts of being a professional hockey player. And never wavers. And we all, you know, some people will roll their eyes like where he says, I like my game, when he has a tough night. But he just, you can understand why he has that confidence. And he can say whatever he wants because he keeps playing well. So if he says, I like my game and then has four or five bad games in a row, then you could kind of, you could see where people would be skeptical but ever since he's kind of got that laser focus on focusing on his, what he can control, it sure has changed him as a goaltender and as a leader in the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. Mitchell, uh, I don't think it can be understated, overstated, I don't know the word here, but uh, just how big that win was on Saturday. Um, and, and keeping in mind that following the loss to, to Pittsburgh, to Columbus, and we'll, we'll put the game against Minnesota aside, and even Vancouver to a certain extent, the Jets, they didn't necessarily hate their game. I think they probably had great disdain for a period against that Pittsburgh uh, game and then just didn't like the way things went for them in the Columbus tilt. So just how big was the win, not in terms of just snapping a losing streak, because I don't think it was all bad in that losing streak, and it was certainly much different than the losing streak that happened last season, the seven-game slide towards the end of the season, uh, Paul Maurice has talked at length about how those two were very different, even though the re- the results are essentially the same. Uh, but just how big was that uh, win on Saturday, keeping in mind just all those other things that uh, they did like? So I'm a big believer in the fact that as a season goes on, obviously you're going to have some adversity and all that kind of stuff. But I'm a big believer in when the going gets tough, especially late in the season, and that's not even necessarily a losing streak. It's, you know, every single game is tough. There's different, like, especially as we've seen over the last number of seasons, you go into the Stanley Cup playoffs, every game feels like five with the amount of storylines that, that kind of come from it and what you try to glean from it and everything. I just think you need certain points of the season that you can look back on and say, okay, this is how we handled this. This is how we handled this. This is the kind of team that we can be. And for the Winnipeg Jets, to be able to pick up a win when trailing at any point, like you can, you can say it as many times as you want, you know, yeah, we gave up the first goal, but we know we can come back. We know we can come back having the, but having the body of work to look back on that you didn't necessarily give up, you know, you didn't have a two, nothing. You didn't give up two goals to the Calgary flames and you came back and the Calgary flames are Oh, and 20 on the season. That is a real good hockey team. Um, as we've seen, and they've got, what, like seven shutouts already this year? So already not a team that's going to be easy to score on. And not only do you come back and win, but you've come back and win against a team like that on the back end of a back-to-back when things aren't going well for you. You didn't all come apart. You all came together. And that, I think, is something that you can lean on as the season goes on. We're still, I mean... Jets have played about twenty-ish games. We got a long way to go here, still. Yeah. But if you have these experiences earlier on in the season, by the time you get to the postseason, you know if everything continues to go well, you've got some experiences to lean on. Now, whether that's comebacks or guys being out of your lineup, like the Jets had already this season with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler out, they've got the ability to win games without you know two of their two of their big guns, two of their leaders. 
You have that in your back pocket. You have comebacks in your back pocket. These are things that you can are, are tangible things that you can, you know, put on the board in the room, or you can you can talk about and be able to show that you know we have the ability to do all of these things that is in this room, and then you're able to garner a, a belief, a real strong one, going into every single night, no matter what comes your way. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And that game against the Calgary Flames is something that the team can look back on and, you know, have as one of those experiences. Jamie, uh, like we kind of talked about off the top of the show, the Jets uh, have had a a tough schedule in terms of time zones, uh, but some rest is about to uh, come on their plates. Thank Mm -hmm. thank gosh uh, uh, for everybody involved. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets obviously closing out this stretch with a game on Monday as we record this uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, but then they don't play again until Friday against the New Jersey Devils. So a bit of a, a break here. Uh, they get Tuesday off, as it says on the uh, the team's calendar right now. Uh, just how important is it to get this rest? But keeping in mind that the momentum still needs to happen, you know, hoping that the Winnipeg Jets get a win on Monday night as, right. we, as we're recording this. And also thinking about this, too. Last season, there was a couple of gaps in the schedule similar to this. Now, the scheduling and the way things worked with the All-Canadian Division, there was a few more breaks, Mm -hmm. and then they came out of those breaks and didn't have the best efforts, i.e. what I'm talking about for the game on Friday. Then also, you sweep the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. You have a very large break in between your first and second round series, and then, hello, things did not go the way they wanted to Mm -hmm. against Montreal. How do you guard against that while also balancing the rest? Well, first let's let's start with like Monday, right? And, and you, I think it's another one of those nights. Clearly, like Saturday, where you're trying to find a couple of things you have to focus on first, not try and do everything right, because there's not much left in the in the gas tank at this point. So you Saturday get goaltending, and your defense you didn't sacrifice defense for offense, um, and that's another lesson learned from the Minnesota game. Like we can talk about the comeback and everything in Calgary, but. Paul Maurice can just point to the video and go, okay, this is what happens when you guys completely blow out your energy trying to search for goals, then you have nothing left coming back the other way. So uh, I think you learned something from that. And now you get into the break, and I think you welcome it because this schedule has been stupid. I don't think there's many teams you can say that have what the Jets have had to go through here going out to the West Coast three times in the first month of the season. Um, and it will be another – the final time will be in the Seattle-Vancouver game. So. Oh, Calgary's no – so that's only one hour difference. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's they've had some interesting times ahead. But the, the, the rest that they're going to get is much needed because I think we don't understand what COVID – how it can affect players like Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley. And I know Mark Shifley didn't have it as bad as Blake Wheeler did, but I, we don't. there hasn't been any studies really at this point to see how this really affects you overall. There's had reports of some players not being able to get back to it as fast as others. It's Paul Maurice said this today in the broadcast meeting that it's like a concussion. Some guys will get rocked and they'll get up and you'll wonder well, why they don't have a concussion, and then other guys will just, you don't even know where the hit is to see where it happens. So it's, that was the best way to quantify what it is. So uh, Blake Wheeler and Mark Shelley, this would be great for them. I don't have any doubts they'll come out of the rest, uh, not laser-focused because of the veteran group that they are. Um, so I don't think they're looking past anything. I think they look at today, they worry about Friday, and they move on. But the schedule gets really complicated with the Leafs and Carolina coming up after that New Jersey game. So I think they're, they're, they'll look forward to it. They'll get right, right back to practice likely on Thursday. 
and then prepare for Carolina. So I think there's just a too much. There's too many veteran guys in that room for this to fall apart. And this isn't a year like it was last year where it's just all over the place. Nothing made sense. You know, there's cancellations here and there that messed up the structure of the schedule too. So I just don't have any doubts they come out of this break and it's much needed and well rested and they feel better heading to that game starting on Friday against New Jersey. As I'm sure you saw on our graphic for this episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, Dave Ellett yeah. is our guest here. Uh, Jamie, you did the interview with him. Why don't you uh, tee it up? Well, we, you know, with the Jets 1.0, you understand all the times that the Edmonton Oilers ruined anything that the Jets had going for them in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But Dave Ellett ran into a certain juggernaut known as Wayne Gretzky. Not just as a Winnipeg Jet, but as a Toronto Maple Leaf, as a New Jersey Devil. There's a long list of that. And it just, the, the fire still burns on game day. I've always wondered how long that it takes to go away when you retire from the National Hockey League. But it still sounds like that's going for Dave Ellett when I spoke with him the other day. Jets fans, help the Winnipeg Jets fight cancer by bidding on a warm-up worn Winnipeg Jets Hockey Fights Cancer Lavender Jersey. The jerseys were worn during the warm-up of the Hockey Fights Cancer Game on November 22nd. The auction is on now and runs through December 5th. To place your bid, please visit winnipegjets.com slash hockeyfightscancer. All proceeds raised will be donated directly to Cancer Care Manitoba, going to support children and youth in their fight against cancer. Help Hockey Fight Cancer today. Hi, this is Blake Wheeler, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Dave, you were here recently to watch a Winnipeg Jets game. Does the fire still burn on game day for you? Oh, absolutely. I don't think, uh, you know, that was, uh, you can do all your off-base training and practicing and that, but uh, game day is uh, always was a, certainly a different emotion. Uh, getting ready for, you know, spend the day getting yourself prepped, not only mentally, but physically for the, you know, the competition and the excitement and the adrenaline flow of uh, what the actual game experience brought to you. Is that what you miss the most? Is that adrenaline or what else do you miss about game days? Well, you know, the competition is really mm-hmm. something that, uh, you know, you can kind of find other ways, but really uh, in a game situation, you know, especially as a defenseman, you know, there's going to be multiple one-on-one battles that, uh, you know, it's a challenge. Are you going to win it or is he get, or is the other guy going to win that battle? So, you know, a real, you know, physical, uh, mental competition. It's really different in the day-to-day world as compared to an NHL hockey game. How long did it take you to kind of adapt that that, that wasn't a part of your life anymore? Oh, well, that's, that's probably the, one of the harder parts of retirement. Yeah. You know, at times I would wake up uh, in the morning or middle of the night thinking that I'm missing a, missing a game or missing a practice or things like that. So I don't I don't think you personally, I don't think you ever get it out of your system. Mm-hmm. I guess you just uh, over time, you know, it's uh, sort of wanes on it's on how often or how strong those feelings still are. I saw you at the, the Heritage Classic with the Flames and the Jets. How much was the fire and the rivalry still there for you whenever you see a member of, the, of those of those Calgary Flame teams? Well, actually, we just had our Coyotes alumni golf tournament uh, here <laughs> this past weekend in Arizona, and uh, we're very fortunate that a bunch of the Calgary Flames come up to support us. So Colin, Colin Patterson, Ronnie Stern, uh, and uh, Lanny McDonald were here, so... 
you know, that was, uh, we talk about it a lot that, uh, when I first broke in the league, the, uh, mid to late eighties, that Smythe division was so strong, you know, it was just a, a bit of a crying shame that the, there wasn't a different format or playoff format at that time. Cause, uh, you know, you look at it, uh, by the time the Smythe division conference, uh, playoffs had finished yeah. typically two of the top five or certainly two of the top 10 teams in the league were eliminated in the first month of the playoffs. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly those battles, uh, you know, it was so tough. You, we'd, uh, we'd beat Calgary and, you know, I pretty much take everything we had to beat Calgary and then sitting there waiting as Edmonton. So it was just, <laughs> just made for a tough, tough, <laughs> tough battle. One thing I remember you telling me when we had our conversation here in, in Winnipeg at True North Square was a guy you absolutely loathed playing against with Glenn Anderson, but became a good friend of yours. What's that friendship like now these days? Well, I haven't seen him much, uh, you know, in, in recent years, especially with, uh, you know, a lot of events and old timer games being canceled due to COVID. But yeah, you know, that's a classic example of playing against him for years in Winnipeg and just hated the guy. Hated playing against him, just hated what we perceived he was all about. And then, uh, you know, while I was in Toronto, uh, lo and behold, Grant Fuhr and uh, 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 Glenn get traded to Toronto and become teammates, you know. And that's when you see firsthand, like, wow, this guy is such a intense competitor, you know, and just wanted to do whatever it took to win you know, and help his teammates. And, you know, he was just, you know, a totally opposite. That's a classic. Uh, we talk about it a lot of times. <laughs> Never fails. A guy you hate playing against the most when he becomes your teammate becomes one that you realize why you hated playing against him because you see it firsthand every day. And with Glenn, he was just a, such a competitor and, you know, that burning desire to win. Right. And now, now that I think about it, um, that 93 Maple Leaf team was so close and s such a great team. Uh, I, that must have been a hell of a ride that year to the conference final. Well, yeah, it was because that was a real turnaround year for the organization. Obviously, when I got traded there, you know, things uh, organization was in the doldrums. Cliff Fletcher came in and made a couple pretty remarkable deals, uh, one being uh, the Doug Gilmore trade. So that <laughs> second half of that season, you know, that, that team chemistry started to build. Mm -hmm. And so when we came that 92, 93, you know, we really came together as a team and we had a great year, you know, we did, yeah. we were really unheralded and, you know, besides Doug, no real known superstars, just a big group team effort and worked and really battled for everything we had. And, you know, the playoffs came around and, things kind of started to fall into place and everything was looking good until uh, we ran into number 99 again. And, <laughs> you know, we had that semifinal series against LA. We had them. Yeah. And then, you know, Wayne, Wayne really picked up his game. those last, last two games and really won the series for him. It, it must've been a case of, here we go again for you. Right. I imagine with Wayne Gretzky uh, taking you guys down oh, yeah. to game seven and showing up in game seven. Yeah, he took me out, obviously, uh, quite a number of times in Winnipeg. And, <laughs> and then that, that year in Toronto, and then there was another year while I was in Toronto, he got traded to St. Louis. They beat us out. <laughs> and then when I was with New Jersey, he was with the Rangers, I believe. <laughs> they beat us out. So it's just like, uh, 
<laughs> Tired of playing 99 in the playoffs. <laughs> we shall not mention 99 ever again in these conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you, you battled for a long time and a lifelong friend with Dale Howard, Chuck. Uh, clearly, we're, you know, the city of Winnipeg, the, his former teammates, friends, family still kind of reeling with the loss of Dale. How are you feeling today about uh, not having Dale Howard, Chuck, in your life? Well, it's a big, big loss for me personally. You know, we're best of friends, best of teammates. Our families were, you know, very close. We had both purchased condominiums uh, down in Florida that we spent a lot of time at. And so it's it's uh, really difficult. Like he was a, a really close friend of mine. Uh, actually, I, I was talking to a friend and when I did that in- interview with you there a couple of weeks ago in Winnipeg was probably about yeah. the first time I had a conversation about Dale where I, you know, was able to get through it without choking up. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're moving forward, but certainly, you know, there's moments where I think that phone is going to ring and it'll be his voice on the end of the phone or, you know, maybe that he <laughs> might just walk around the corner and see that big smile of his, but uh, you know, but, on the other side, we were very fortunate. I feel very fortunate that I got to become so close a friend and almost a brother to one, you know, such a great, great man. When the Jets uh, made the selection of Cole Perfetti and Mrs. Howarchuk made the selection, how did you think she handled that situation? Well, I, she did great, and that's really uh, not in Crystal's world. She's very private and laid back person and I thought she did a heck of a job and uh, you know I was just uh first of all I was pretty surprised they they convinced her to be, to do it yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're, so you're, glad you're probably like did. that's never going to happen in a million years right Dave yeah yeah it is and uh, but she did a great job and with a ducky pond hockey classic we talked about this it's January 13th to the 16th at Cap Manitou I, I understand you can't make it but Maybe take us through, did you ever play any outdoor hockey with Dale uh, on a pond somewhere or on an outdoor rink? Oh, we used to, yeah. And, and <laughs> he had a place, uh, uh, I forget where he, where he was living, but a 10-acre piece, and it had a pond on it. So every once in a while, we'd go out there and, <laughs> you know, bring a few of the guys and have a little bit of fun. But, you know, certainly for all of us, yeah, playing pond hockey or outdoor hockey in the winter was really, you know, part of our lives like we probably I, I can honestly say I probably spent more time on an outdoor arena you know back when I was younger in Ottawa than I spent yeah. on indoor arenas so you know anytime you get a chance to go out and sort of turn the clock back like that or really just do something that you did so often as a child is a great experience and yeah unfortunately the team I'm coaching we're in Chicago for an event that weekend can't make it but uh I'm sure that's going to be obviously a first class event, but so much fun. So, um, and in August of 2022, it was scheduled the Dale Howard Tuck statue is going up. Uh, you were with me on, at True North Square, very close to where it's going to go up. What does it mean to you that the Jets are doing that for for Dale and for the Howard Tuck family? Well, I think it's great, but you know that's just typical how the Jets uh, operate with class and. I think they all understand what he meant, not only to the city, but the province. So to have something there that's going to be there forever, I think is a great, great deal. And I think it'll be, uh, 
that'll be a very emotional day for a lot of mm -hmm. people. So, yeah, look forward to that happening. Do, we, do I expect to see you here next August, Dave? Well, I will do whatever I can to get there for it. <laughs> Thank you but so much yes, for your time. I yeah. imagine I'll, I will be there. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Dave. Uh, I got to talk to you twice within a month. That's, that's a great thing. And as always, it's, it's, it's great to catch up with you and share memories of, of Jets 1.0. And I wish you all the best and talk to you soon. Well, and same to the Jets 2.0. Keep it going. <laughs> nice long playoff run. It'll be really good. We're going to get you a ticket if that goes, if that happens, Dave. Sounds good to me. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. All right, sliding along on this episode of Ground Control, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, as we record this on Monday this evening, they take on the Arizona Coyotes, crossing our fingers for a win. They'll get some rest, uh, much needed, as we spoke about earlier. Uh, Friday, the Winnipeg Jets take on the New Jersey Devils uh, for their first meeting of the season. That goes at 7 p.m., uh, and they continue the four-game homestand on Sunday, the Toronto Maple Leafs come into town, dun, dun, dun. Uh, and then they close out the four-game homestand with a matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday. That one should be an exciting game. Uh, we'll talk about that Sunday versus the Leafs matchup in a little bit in greater detail as there's a pretty big milestone slated to be for that night. Obviously, we don't know if it will be hit, but that's where it is projected. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, just uh, Mitchell... Talk to me about the week ahead for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, rest, number one. Um, well, I guess number one would be the Arizona Coyotes. You got uh, You definitely want to win that game. It's just – and it's not going to be easy. I thought Paul Maurice had some uh, a real good quote this morning uh, just talking about how you look at the last five, six games or so from the Arizona Coyotes. Defensively, they're actually pretty good. So there's, it's not like it's going to be, you know, up and down the ice for the Jets on Monday. They have to do a lot of good things well to be able to come out on top. So they're usually quite good in not taking teams for uh, for granted, if you will, or taking them lightly. I would expect nothing different. Uh, but still, it's a hockey game that you have to go out and be at your best uh, to be able to win. So there's that. And then the rest. That That's the biggest thing that the Winnipeg Jets get out of this week for sure. Uh, you'll be able to have a few days before your next game. You're able to be in one time zone for a few days, which is going to be nice for the for the Jets and just be able to see their families, all that kind of stuff. And I think there's a lot of positives that do come out of that. And then you get right back into game action against the New Jersey Devils uh, on the Friday at Canada Life Center. And the Devils, you know, they're above 500 this year. They're a team that comes in, I believe, that at this point, they are 9-6-4. Uh, so... A team that you know has obviously taken a, some strides this season. They've always been a team that's pretty quick. They've got a lot of pace up front. They've got some defensemen that can move the puck. And it's going to be the first game of a quick two-game road trip for them. They've spent the majority of this week at home. Uh, they just beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday by a score of 5-2. to two, And then they have the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday. So even though they are going to be traveling into Winnipeg on Thursday, Devils will still be a rested team as well. Because they won't, they don't have a game on the Wednesday. They'll travel the Thursday and they'll play the Jets. So there's that. And then you talked about the uh, the game against the 
Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that is absolutely surging right now. Uh, had a little bit of a rocky start to the season, but it just goes to show that you know no matter what your roster looks like, sometimes you just kind of hit a rough patch. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs started a little a little shaky, but right now look absolutely fantastic. So that'll be a big challenge and a big game and a fun night, I think, at uh, Canada Life Center as it always is when there's an original six, especially a Canadian team in town. And then, yeah, Spetch versus Spetch right on uh, Tuesday. Well yes, I was. Uh, Thinking about that a little bit uh, yesterday, I was like, oh, Carolina comes soon. So that's so that's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. I'm sure there will be some uh, content around that as well. Uh, but Carolina is another team that just, especially the last few seasons, has just been so good. A uh, team that, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, analytics or shot attempts and all that kind of stuff. Carolina is routinely at the top of that. Just a team that gets a lot of pucks to the net. They're real quick. Um and they've been getting the goaltending for the most part this season. So they're they're a, another tough battle. So while the New Jersey Devils, you know, hovering around uh, NHL 500, I guess you could say, a little bit above that, Toronto and Carolina, those are going to be two real stiff tests to close out the road, uh, close out the homestand for the Jets. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing how the Jets game progresses as they come out of this winless skid hopefully carry the momentum into the game against Arizona, empty the tank, if you will, get a few days, and then uh, the competition continues to ramp up over the course of the homestand. If you'd like to attend one of these home games at Canada Life Centre, tickets are available on our website, winnipegjets.com backslash tickets. Uh, some great seats are available and some uh, some deals as well that have been flying off the shelves too. So uh, if a game on this homestand doesn't tickle your fancy, I'm sure there's another day that would work for you and your family and or friends. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. So think about that too. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, yeah. the big milestone is Blake Wheeler's 1,000th NHL game. Uh, that is what an accomplishment that will be uh, for the the captain of the Winnipeg Jets to hit, especially to do it here at home against the Leafs, no less. Uh, a huge day. Uh, we'll get into some of the things that you can expect from Jets TV and the rest of the content machine here at uh, headquarters uh, in a little bit. But, Jamie, just a thousand games, it's a pretty broad question I'm going to throw your way, mm-hmm. but just what... What does that mean, and and for Blake to be able to do it at home? What is it? What he's done for this city, for the franchise? Just, I just don't think you can talk about this gentleman enough when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets. You automatically go to the two ninety-one point seasons back to back for Blake Wheeler when I think of him, and that's the short time here I've been in Winnipeg. But I think a lot that comes from him is the ability to show. Uh, free agents and players that have been traded here and the discussions to be traded here, that this is a great place to be. And he is the focal point. And I know Mark Scheifele's here, and I know Connor Hellebuck's here, and Kyle Connor helped that. But Blake Wheeler kind of stirs the drink when it comes to who you should be talking to about the organization. He is the face of the Winnipeg Jets and you know, is the all-time leading scorer for the franchise. Did it in Minnesota where he started playing. My broadcast partner, Paul Edmonds, tried to get wheels to bite on the question of what 1,000 games met or meant, meant to him to because it was 996 the other night in uh, St. Paul and to get him to ask what it meant to be come back to where it all started. But he doesn't like to speak about himself, but the way he's carried himself, the way he's led this franchise uh, to one of the more successful teams over the past four or five years 
just tells you a little bit about Blake Wheeler and then the things he does in, in, in the community, you know, combining with Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation with the Ride Inside Wheel with the Wheelers, uh, just produced $330,000 the other day, uh, just earlier this month. So he does the little things there, but just the constant. It just You know what to expect from Blake Wheeler night in and night out. Uh, when he's not going, it just seems like the Jets aren't going as well. So just there's just there's it's really hard to quantify with him. And he's very humble about how he's produced for this organization. Um, but a 1,000 games, I think, will be a great opportunity, especially with an original six team in town. And I'm touching wood as we say this because a lot of things can change over the next six days um, before the 1,000th game that he'll get to that point. But for the least to be in town and a big crowd, and it'll be a, you know just a lot of people paying attention to the game. I think it's perfect that that lines up that day. But uh, on the ice, off the ice, Blake Wheeler is the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, it's a well-deserving accomplishment for him to get to this milestone. All right, well, uh, in unison, let's knock on some wood here. Yeah. That, uh, that does happen on Sunday at home. Uh, Mitchell, last season, Paul Stasny hit his 1,000th game. Obviously, no fans in the stands for that one, so that was kind of a bummer there. Uh, but there will be fans in the stands no matter when Blake does this. Uh, just... Tons of content that came out of that last year, and obviously it's going to be done up right for for Blake, our captain here in Winnipeg. Uh, just what are you working on ahead of that big day? Well, as much as we talked a little bit earlier in the podcast about how the uh, break between games is going to be key for the Winnipeg Jets, it'll also be <laughs> key for the content team to put yeah. all the finishing touches on this stuff. Uh, the main thing for me, obviously, I, I write a lot of stuff for the website, so we're, we're going to do a, a longer, uh, longer extensive piece on... Blake Wheeler and just hearing from obviously teammates and and whatnot about you know him as a leader and how he's you know progressed over those uh, over those games and obviously the the milestones that he's hit in terms of franchise points um, first player in franchise history to hit 700 points with the with the organization so pretty much if there's a first. Uh, for the franchise, Blake Wheeler's been one of the guys that, that has been doing it. So it's it's really hard to encompass it all into words, and I thought Jamie did a really good job actually on the last one because when you asked him, I was like, I don't even know where I would start, mm-hmm. and let alone like try to encapsulate it all. So, um, yeah, it's going to be – like that'll be one of the things that we do. Obviously, on the uh, Jets TV Live pregame show presented by Budweiser, that you know will have some, uh, some video as well. Um, from the video side, I know you guys are, are working on stuff as well. Yeah, the uh, the video squad uh, has you know just kind of a, a retrospective of his career, uh, sort of a timeline piece. Uh, I believe there will be some videos from uh, teammates, former teammates, friends uh, sent in as they, as they always typically do uh, for these types of big things. Um, myself personally, working on a little piece uh, not tied to his NHL career, tied to his hockey career back in Minnesota. Uh, as I'm sure some fans would remember, he scored a huge uh, championship-clinching goal, uh, a diving play. Uh, so we actually ended up getting some comments from uh, Alex Goligoski of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, yeah, shout-out to Chris Barrier, Barrier, I think is his name, uh, with the with the Wild's content team for getting that interview done for us. Uh, cool little piece, just kind of talking about uh, the moment that goal went in and just sort of everything, all everybody, everybody's different, different perspectives. So uh, pretty neat. Uh, lots of content. Uh, you can all find that on winnipegjets.com. The social channels will be lit up with Blake Wheeler stuff on Sunday and probably into Monday too, uh, provided it does happen then. Uh, but good. yeah, 
It's going to happen. It has to happen. And and I think we also have a a bit of a a big interview, hopefully, planned with Blake. I think uh, there was some chatter about just sort of a a, a talk after he hits the milestone. Uh, Maybe then he will answer that question (laughs) that Paul Edmonds was trying to get to. Uh, But in the meantime... Let's just keep let's keep going and let's go get a nap after this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, and uh, I hope everybody listening to this takes a nap. Take five if you need it. Um, <laughs> it's been grueling watching and listening to this. <laughs> <season. laughs> uh, all right. So on behalf of myself, Tyler Escavel, uh, Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton, and six eighty CJOB's Jamie Thomas. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. We appreciate it every single week. And uh, have yourself a great week. Go Jets. Go and uh, enjoy that nap. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. Proceed with